The advice and opinions expressed by the hosts of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. Dr. Doreen grand is the... Dr. Doreen is an expert in autism. Doreen grand Dr. grand Dr. Doreen grand Dr. Doreen grand is a visionary in the field of autism. Now you can ask her questions on Ask Dr. Doreen. Good morning and welcome to the final three hours of the Autism Network podcast-a-thon. We are here for a special two hours of Ask Dr. Doreen with the lady herself, <laughs> Dr. Doreen Grampiche. Good morning. Good morning to you. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I am uh, a little bit left of center. I can but, imagine. But, uh, but you know, it's, uh, it's okay yes. because I'm just a little giddy. Uh, and as long as it stays mm-hmm. that way, as long as I don't go over into the maudlin part of being yes, tired, we'll, yes. be, we'll be really good. What did you get, like four hours of sleep in the last 44 hours? Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And and that four hours wasn't completely uninterrupted. So, yeah. you know, oh it's, it's catnaps where we could take them. It's okay. I can sleep later on today. That's in three awesome. hours, I can That's sleep awesome. all I want uh, for the rest of the weekend. So it's all good. And I have to say this. Uh, and here I'm, I'm not going to go to the modeling thing, but I'm, I'm really proud of our community. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of how they came together and helped us to do this 44 hours and the content that they brought and the important messages. Later on, I'm going to ask the, the viewers, you know, what, what's the one thing that you learned yeah. um, in all the podcasts that you watched yeah. that was really, really valuable? Because I know I learned so much Absolutely. from the different things. So that's I'm looking forward to hear that. And I'm looking forward to these last three hours because we've got a lot still to cover and some amazing and guests yeah, and maybe fun. a couple of surprises and there are only two hours left for us to reach our $5,000 uh, I think we're more than well, I don't know we need you to donate it's it's in jeopardy right now here's yeah. the thing so please you, donate if you want to see me shave Shannon's head in two hours so that's please. right it'll happen right here live we're not even going to change clothes that's how soon it's happening yes. right uh, and we all want to do this you especially I am excited to do this, to do this. And I do too. I think if, if we it. haven't reached our goal, I'll have to make the the number myself or make it hit the number myself. <laughs> well, I thought you were going to say you were only going to shave like the middle of my hair. Okay, yeah, that's uh, another and, good And I was going to say, please, please save me and <laughs> donate enough. Uh, so that's really important. So uh, you can, I, I have it, I just put it on my Facebook if you don't know where to go to donate. But it's givebutter. Yes. Dot com slash iPad challenge. Good job. Yeah, yeah, pretty. I like the 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 tack is no longer sharp, but sometimes it'll spit out good things. <laughs> so there we go. There it is. Givebutter.com slash iPad challenge. Uh, and we're trying to raise money for iPads. We're having a good time with this because we're talking about shaving my head, and that's I want us to have a good time with this. But we're doing this because we want to put functional communication in people's hands. Right. Everyone has the. I love the poster that we have in the lobby that says. Communication is a right, not a privilege. And that means we have to make it accessible to everyone. So please, please donate and know that you'll have done a good thing. Uh, Donations of any size and any amount are welcome. Givebutter.com slash iPad challenge. Also want to let you know, Trayvon was just showing you, you can be writing in comments. We're live on so many different platforms, but especially on YouTube, Facebook, 
Twitch and Twitter. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm saying Twitch. Isn't that fun? Uh, everybody was making a little fuss over that uh, because that's the cool one, I guess. Is it? So, oh, I didn't know that. Well, that's where that's all the gamers are. Oh. So uh, we've been live there for a while. I just forget to say it because it's not as relevant to me, but apparently it's the cool one. So I'm going to make sure that I say it from now on. You can be writing in your comments and you want to be writing comments in, in the next three hours because we are going to be giving away some Discovery Toys gift certificates for $25 each and the way that you enter is by making a comment if you make a comment that we have a bunch of wonderful people in the back who are writing down every time that you guys make a comment that puts one entry into the hat at the end of this hour they will choose 10 winners and then we will do more next and we'll announce how many in the next two hours that we're doing but 10 in this hour so pretty mm -hmm. amazing now we also want to say that uh this hour we're going to be squeezing in a couple of different things in these ask dr doreen hours we're we're going to be answering your questions live right now with dr grand pichet and she is a true expert in the field of autism she's been working in this field for more than 45 years I mean, uh, everybody wants to know her face cream. <laughs> I know. Uh, and your, how you get your spirit, too, which I think is unique, and we can't buy that in a face cream, uh, because your energy is absolutely amazing. We've seen that in the last 44 hours. But um, she has been working in this field for that long and has been working with all kinds of individuals, helping them to achieve what they want to achieve. So thank you for that. Oh, my pleasure. Honestly, it's been it's also been a pleasure doing this podcast-a-thon with you, and I want to thank you. You are amazing. Oh. I honestly don't know how you pulled it off, <laughs> but you did, not only yourself, but all the wonderful people who came in and helped and in so many different ways. So thank well, you, Shannon. Well, we could not amazing. have done this without Traven, because let's be honest, if it weren't for Traven, we would be sitting Absolutely. here having a nice conversation, conversation by, by ourselves. ourselves. Right. <laughs> so we really want to thank Traven for all of his patience and hope that he's still speaking to me when all of this is over. <laughs> uh, but it, uh, I also want to say, too, none of this would have been possible. None of anything would have been possible without you. Oh, that you, you bring yourself and your knowledge and your connections you. always to everything in your heart and your spirit. And uh, so, you know, none of it's possible without you thank either. Thank you so much. I'm so no, glad we you. did it. And I know I will be going back to looking at yeah. a lot of sessions that I missed yes. as I was sleeping, but I loved the lineup. So oh I think gosh. people should go back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I didn't get a chance to watch full episodes of almost anything, but I got to see at least a couple of minutes of almost everything. This last hour mm -hmm. with Amy Gravino and Dr. Gerhardt, Woo! Yeah. Uh, you know, some really important stuff about sexuality that I don't think I've ever heard people speak that frankly, and it's important. Right. We need to do right. that. Right. So all, all of that and much, much more. Also want to say to you guys that you can write in your questions right now, and that counts towards uh, winning a gift certificate. You can only win one time during the podcast-a-thon, so if you've already won, please feel free to write in more questions, but know that you won't be entered. Um, Autism Journey with with Elijah, who tore the roof off this place at one o'clock this morning. I know, and Let me just thank tell you. you. Thank you for that. It was so amazing that you were willing and able to do that. We really appreciate it. Even uh, 
even more so the mom of a, an individual on the spectrum doing that at one in the morning. But, thank you. And she says, thank you for letting me share my journey. What an amazing experience. But I had so many people messaging me going, who is this woman? This is amazing. Wow. So there we go. There you even go. Marina was out there going, this is amazing. <laughs> so yes, uh, you did an awesome, awesome job. Uh, so, uh, and Judy, thank you for saying, uh, that you love my hair cause hopefully it's going bye-bye and it's a little bit pillow head right now. Let's take pictures, everyone. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But it'll grow back. That's the thing. Well, hair and you look back. gorgeous with a shaved head, which very few people can say that. So. Well, my mother would have told you that, you know, she said there was a fine art to rolling babies and putting, you know, not mm -hmm, what we mm -hmm, say anymore because mm -hmm. she would put you on your back and on your side and whatever. Right. She said she was shaping heads. That's right. So, yeah. and, and she would always say whenever she saw a baby with a flat head, that's a mom who didn't know. Yeah. Uh, but it's but then, you know, they told us all to back our babies too to, yeah. for safety for SIDS. So... Uh, my mother didn't care if I died in my sleep. So <laughs> as I long around, as you had a well-shaped, I have, I have a well-shaped <laughs> noggin. Apparently, uh, I don't know because I can't really look at it, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, I get chatty when I'm sleepy. Apparently, well, that's okay. good. Okay, good, <laughs> good, good, good. Uh, anyway, uh, we thought we'd uh, start to take some questions, but then the second half of this hour, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, um, someone that I was talking about uh, in the middle of the night last night uh, that led me to you. Oh, yeah, and uh, because it was the shepherds who gave me her book, which got me ah. to you. So there you go. And what a fantastic uh, book it was. Oh my gosh. It We're is. talking about Christina Adams and her first book, A Real Boy. And uh, yes, it was my Bible. I didn't go anywhere for a month without that book. I, I was studying it. That's amazing. Uh, so. I, I gave that book and a few other books that had kind of mentioned my work to my mother. Mm. And she loved oh, Christina's book. It was her favorite. Yeah. Well, she's such a great writer, she first really of all. Is. She really is. She puts you there, and you feel like you're in a movie of your life, but living her life, you know yeah. what I mean? She's eloquent, but you know, not flowery to the point where you notice. Right. It's just she brings you there. And and she did it in such a poignant way yes. that touched my heart forever. Mm -hmm. I used to keep uh, a small stack of them and and give them away to people. Yeah, absolutely. Because um, I felt that it was something important for people as they started their journey. Yes. And the fact that I can call her a friend now yes, yes. is so deeply emotional to me. Mm -hmm. um, because there were so many things in the book that she would write about things, and I knew she was somewhere in so uh, Southern California. But I literally, I was like, I, someday I want to meet her. Oh. I'd love to be at the grocery store that she's at. I wonder where she lives. Like almost stalker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, oh, and, and she's so gracious. She oh. she comes to all of our events. She oh. attends everything. Honestly, it's Just amazing. a positive person yeah. always. Um, Susie says, I need to get my books autographed by both of you and you know you can. Uh, uh, Sriniketh, I'm sorry if I uh, mauled that. Great uh, morning, Dr. Doreen and Shannon. Amazing podcast. -athon. Lots of takeaways for years to come with my five-year-old. I love that. Later on, I'm going to be asking, tell us one thing that you learned. And Dahlia, Dahlia, who was with us through a lot of the hours last night, and I mm -hmm. noticed that, Dahlia, I really appreciated it, says hello to Dr. Doreen and Shannon. Uh, and I'm going to get started with questions here, and you guys can be writing in questions if you have. Uh, but I want to get the starter question, what do you do with a child that never wants to comply? He is eight, and I could ask him to do his favorite thing, and, and he, if, he's, if he is in a snit, he won't do it. It's very tiring. <laughs> yeah. 
And I don't mean to to laugh at that, but it's just I just find um, I don't know. It's weird, but I find it cute when our kids become obstinate about something. I and just it's think, lovely that you think I, that, but from the parent point of view, it's, it's not, not so much I fun. Know, but I just feel like they're you know they're little children and they're trying to like just put their foot down and refuse yeah. to do something. And I think it's just adorable in some ways, you know. And I think. Um, it's it's a great way to ask the question because it's one thing to say a child is non-compliant. That's a different thing mm-hmm. where you are looking for functions and trying to decide, okay, is, am I asking them to do something they don't want to do um, or what's going on here? But uh, sometimes I see that children are just obstinate about something just because they want control. Yeah, Control is a big function that we never talk about. And um, you know, imagine if you had very little control about, over your schedule, your life, et cetera, um, and then you would just become the person that refuses to do things just because you want to have a say in something about yourself. And so with children like that, I often will give them choice. Choice is very important. So, you know, you can have uh, for every hour that you're supposed to do things, what we would do is we'd have like three options and the child would choose, and they could actually produce their own schedule that way by putting little Velcro cards in places that they wanted to, or even like when you want to go out and it's there, there is no possibility of giving choice, then at least you can give them choices of reinforcers. Like wherever in their life you can give them choice, yeah. give them choice, because it will help the child be a little bit more willing to comply when they don't have choice. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's a matter of doing that. That's really important. And can I quote Hank uh, for a minute? Speaking of a real boy, because uh, the first time I ever heard about Hank, yes. I don't know if you've heard this story, that um, I, because I did, I carried that a real boy with me everywhere. And in it, yes, she would talk yes. about Hank Moore, who was on the program he with you. He was on the show, right? Um, and, and Hank seemed like, you know, the most amazing person on the face of the planet, that he answered all questions, autism, and was brilliant. And um, then when I first came to the office where all of you were, mm-hmm. I was looking for Hank. Where, where's Hank? And yes. I said, well, Hank doesn't work here. And it was sort of, you know, like, why are you looking for Hank? He's kind not of in this side. And for yeah. years, I was looking for Hank uh-huh. and thought he must be mythical. He must be somebody made up. He's a conglomeration of people. Hank isn't really real. But then every once in a while, I would ask somebody right. and say, is Hank real? Is the... They go, yeah, Hank's real. He just doesn't work here. And, uh, and I go, okay, someday I'm going to meet Hank. And then there was one day that I got invited up to the conference room for something, the presentation that was going to be there. And somebody said, oh, Shannon, this is Hank and whatever. And I went, Hank? You're <laughs> Hank? You are the Hank? You're Hank? You're... And, and I, you I had to it. sit down and I was like, I can't believe you're, are you really the Hank? Oh my God, that's And you know, so and he funny. was so Hank, he was like, yeah, it's me. And everybody around us was going, what just happened? Oh my Somebody gosh. broke Shannon. What that just happened? So funny. And it was like I had met Freddie Mercury. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. In person, I was crying and shaking and going, I can't believe yeah. that I'm sitting here with you. And, and Hank is brilliant. But one of the things that Hank would always say is that when you're having problems with compliance, mm-hmm. up the praise. And oh, I, yeah. And I would always go, that makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah. You, I said, I'm having trouble with compliance. Right. And you are saying up the praise, these two things, because it seems like if you're having trouble with compliance, you should be mm-hmm. saying to them, you need to do this, you need to do that. But that's the old stinking thinking that isn't effective. Right, right. It's always about reward, Shannon. It's always yeah. about making it fair. 
right? Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, like, uh, it's interesting you brought that up right now because I should have probably started with saying that, but having choice is also yes. reward. Yes. Having choice is a reinforcer, right? Yeah. So, like, any form of reinforcement, making sure that there is, and I know this parent was saying it doesn't even matter if I tell them they're going to do something they love. Right. At that moment, it's not worth it for them. At that moment, they'd rather have control than whatever activity that you're offering them. They, or at that moment, they, that is just not a reinforcer. Well, somebody wrote in that one of their takeaways uh, that immediately is helping their family were in the executive function domain by the autism help, helper because they are uh, presenting choice boards mm -hmm. during shutdowns, which is That's exactly right. what exactly you're talking what about. That's exactly what I was saying, yeah. Very um, important. May says, hello, ladies. I want to ask about a comment Temple Grandin made about <clears throat> artistic kids on the spectrum also being good at mechanics, and is that true? Hmm. Temple was talking about how there are, because I had asked types. her. I listened, yeah. Well, and I, I was asking her, like, how, how do you start to know what your kiddo might be good at, what their special mm, interest mm. could be? And she was saying, well, music and math go together, mm -hmm. and that kids who are good at art are often very good at mechanics. Interesting. Um, and so, and I, the music and the math part I had heard before. I knew as well, yes. Um, but I had never heard art and mechanics, yes. but that certainly was true in Temple's case. I yeah. mean, there's a great case in point because uh, she is as much about mechanical as, as, as a person can be. And I don't mm. know if you've ever seen her drawings, her technical drawings or her personal Amazing. drawings. Uh, <laughs> works of art. Interesting. If, you know, there's one um, very famous picture of a bird's eye view of one of the cattle shoots that she made that people hang on their walls Amazing. because it, it it sort of mimics what is the kind of shell, uh, the Nautilus shell, right, the, way right. it, the way it uh, goes in a circle? Absolutely beautiful. And it's, I mean, it's a, it's a, a, a kill shoot. Yes, that they, yes. They're slaughtered at the end of it, and yet it is poetic and beautiful. And, the, and I hear that the difference of when you put cattle in that, they go without fear. Right. And that's, because that was, it's humane. Right, 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 um, right. But it's, it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Draw yeah. like nobody's business. And she could draw horses uh, absolutely really? stunningly. Interesting, yes. interesting. Yes. I, I would love to see if she ever auctions off some of her horse drawings or if she still does that. We'll yeah. have to ask her next time. I was busy I, asking her. Know, go ahead. No, no, I'm sorry. I interrupted you. No, I, I was too busy asking her at the time if she had seen The Last of Us. Oh, right, right, <laughs> right, right. Anyway, so go ahead and say what you're I was gonna just going to say that. Like, I think you, all of our kids have some type of uh, interest or talents, and it's important to identify what that is. It really is. And I think you just can play around with it, and you will, you'll see. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give the child just one try because sometimes in the beginning our kids aren't familiar with things and they might not, you know, just take to it. But I would, I've had times, a lot of times, where I've noticed that um, a particular child doesn't have any kind of hobby or leisure activity and I would play around and I would like get a, you know, one of those small synthesizer pianos and I'd just play melodies and see if the child's going to get into it and, or pull out some paints or markers or whatever. Or uh, my son is one of those that loves building things, mechanical mm -hmm. type things. And he always, when he was little, would just ask for, for his birthday, Christmas, whatever. He'd always be like, I want a machine. 
And I'd always be like, what is a machine? Oh. And I figured out it's just stuff that, you know, would go into each other that he could build right. and it would do some function. So you just have to play around with it. Like kids who like puzzles tend to like mechanical things because that's kind of like building and yeah. similar. So, and it is so important. It is so, I mean, what you're doing is you're producing a new reinforcer yeah. for the child that, that they will have lifelong. Yeah. You know? Can I tell you who has some really good toys in this category? Uh, is Discovery Toys. Yes. Uh, that they have toys that you can give to a three-year-old that it's a, a plastic rotary battery-operated screwdriver that they can put together their own dinosaur or a car I or something that. like that. Yeah. They have things that are beginning gears for as young as two-year-olds, gears that go together that make something move, that make a cause and effect thing, mm -hmm. up through you know teenage, yes. uh, putting something together gears. So lots of different things and musical things as well. So check that out. Um, Sriniketh, I'm, I'm not sure I'm saying it right, uh, has said, how can I reduce, redirect my five-year-old who is overly involved in vocal disruption? He is happy doing that. Sometimes it's over his focus, attention to tasks. He does wear a sensory jewelry, food-grade silicone necklace, which brings it down, but it is temporary. Mm -hmm. What yeah. a great question. And when you say vocal disruption, what do you mean? Do you mean that he makes sounds repeatedly? Because, you know, if that is the case... It's not necessarily a um, something that is activating his oral motor. If he's making sounds repeatedly, it could also be a sensory, like something that is, yes, makes the E sound only. Yeah, that's actually quite common. And there are two things, I think, that you can try. One is... Um, Trying to, well, the way we say it is you try to get it under SD control, which basically means that get him to start imitating sounds, believe it or not. And this way, E will become one of the imitation sounds, but you're going to now work on other vowel sounds as well, like ooh, ah, and those types of things in front of a mirror. And it's interesting because once you get it under your control, in other words, I'm going to do it, now you do it, the the free use of the e tends to go down a little bit because now it's kind of like oh it's a it's work <laughs> you know it's not it's, it's work <laughs> but the thing that i found with kids who do a lot of that is that it is giving them auditory stimulation they like hearing themselves making that noise that sound so i would suggest give, getting him some noise canceling headphones that are going to uh, not give him that stimulation anymore. So it's it, just like you've gotten him a chewy thing when his mouth, that's incompatible behavior, right? So when his mouth is busy chewing, he can't really make that noise. Um, and I don't think we know his, he's five. Uh, later on, you can also teach him other things that he can do like chewing gum and so on that will prevent the use making noises. But know that the reason he's doing it a lot of times with our kids is the auditory sensation that they get from it. So really um, give him headphones, put the headphones on him when he does that. That will help prevent it. Get him engaged in other vocal activity, like getting him to imitate sounds, words, If you know, get him into lessons so that he can begin vocalizing words and talking. 
And the more he learns that, the less of this he'll, he'll do. And sometimes I also want to say, I don't know if this is true in your case or not, but when children do the EE sound, they're also running back and forth, doing some sort of visual stimulation, running in a circle, running back and forth. Uh, if you can disrupt that particular activity, the EE sound tends to go away as well because it's all part of one uh, paradigm of behaviors. Yeah. Je of course, you know, Jem used to do that, um, run around and, yep. and yep. yell E and, and yep. all of that. And I, it's funny, I never thought of it as a visual stimulation. Yeah. I always yeah. thought of it as a physical stimulation, but I'm sure that there was a visual. There's a now visual that you bring aspect it to it, yeah. Um, but I, I love that you guys put him on a sensory diet. Yeah. Um, and that it started... And, and this is, you know, he was one person. It's, this is not a one-size-fits-all, but this is an example that he was on a sensory diet where they would take the couch cushions off the couch and squeeze him, and they would go, it's a burrito time, and, and they would squeeze him between the couch cushions, and he would laugh and whatever, and he would be more focused for yeah. a period of time. And then that gradually morphed into that they, before he went to kindergarten, they taught him how to squeeze himself, mm -hmm. that he could sit and just squeeze his elbows or squeeze his arms yeah. um, or squeeze his thighs or squeeze his feet yeah. himself, and that that helped him um, to be able to stay focused yeah, more, uh, yeah. for a longer period of time. And sensory diet, just so we can kind of tell folks about this, uh, you can at, at intervals in between other activities do something sensory. Like even if a child is really into running back and forth, allow them to do that as a reward. This is called the PREMAC principle where you can reward behaviors that are already very high frequency or reward behaviors that are low frequency by allowing the high frequency behaviors to follow. So if he's doing this thing and we know he craves this running back right. and forth or screaming E or whatever it is, uh, allow short segments of that as a reward. Um, and also, I think you're absolutely right. The reason that it's a reward is that it produces some form of sensory calming or, you know, regulation type of thing. So it is hard, though, and I guess yeah. we're reading the rest of it, too. Uh, she says uh, he likes un underfeet stimulation like walking on ribbed footboards connected to make a path. And are you sure, again, and this is why... Um, Oh, thanks, but not from him, right? So you you need to put the headphones on him when he's producing the sound. But going back to the underfeet stimulation, again, are you sure that it is underfeet stimulation as opposed to visual? Because you're talking about ribbed footboards. And this reminds me again of Jam because of the fact that it was these patterns in like the, in the floor. The floor. That he couldn't handle. Yeah, a lot of kids are very... We don't realize that they see things that we don't necessarily, we consider background. We don't, like, if you look at the most floor tile, like I'm looking at our floor, um, whatever this is, vinyl, yeah. and it is full of pattern but because it's lines, right? But we don't see that. We see it as a kind of a hole. Yeah. We, you know, it doesn't bother us, in that, or the boards on the wall, the this yeah. acoustic t stuff. But our kids might see those patterns and, and very, very 
um, strongly see those patterns. And I know this because a lot of my older recovered kids have told me this, you know, that they see things, they hear things in a much more kind of discreet manner. And so to them, looking, observing those things, like perhaps footboards, is just, it's, maybe it's something they crave, maybe it's something that's aversive, we don't know. But their intake of sensory stimuli is different. And you have to always pay attention and not assume that something they're doing, like making a sound, is a verbal type of stimulation. It could be auditory, it could go along with other behaviors that are visual. You have to play around with it. I'll never forget the day that you were talking and talking about the fact that toe walking is a visual yeah. stimulation thing. Yeah, and, and I was so interesting. I remember going, my head just exploded because that would never have occurred to me. Yeah, um, yeah. and yeah. yet it is. Uh, well, I mean, there's lots of experiments that have been published where you put these prism glasses on kids that toe walk, but, and they immediately stop toe walking just because now they see things quite differently. Yep. They told they uh, you know but there's other theories about toe walking that are also very interesting. Mm, very interesting. Uh, we're getting a bunch of questions but we've got our guest waiting. Oh, uh, we want wonderful. to introduce the fabulous Christina Adams. She's an award-winning journalist, uh, an author. She, as I said before, public speaker. A, oh man, speaks around the world. Yes. Her first book, A Real Boy, changed my life as it changed so many other people's lives. And her second book, Camel Crazy, she goes and speaks around the world yes. about camel milk at so many different, you know, governments ask her to come and speak. It's, it's right. amazing how her life has turned out. I, I consider her a friend, and I think you consider I her do a friend too. as well. I do, and amazed at a her, person. honestly. She's just a light on this planet. So let's get her in here so that you guys can meet her. We love her. Christina Adams, are you there? We're pausing. She was there. Uh, perhaps she got tired of waiting. So <laughs> no, we can, uh, I, I wanted to say, oh, there she is. There she Hi, Christina, is. can you hear us? She can hear us, but we can't. We can't hear her, hear her Trayvon. So we'll get that taken yeah, care of. In the here. meantime, yes, people are applauding, saying Christina's here. Uh, it's wonderful. Uh, in the meantime, we're, we're going to keep the questions you guys are writing in. Uh, can we hear Christina yet? They're working on her sound. Okay. Yeah, and Should I know I Christina's done a lot of work also in the Middle East and Saudi Arabia. Oh I'm my kind gosh. of. Really interested in hearing more about the things that she's done. Okay, okay. try now, Christina. Hello? Yes. Ah, yes, we can hear you. Hello. Great. Hi, my friends. It's wonderful to I'm, see you and to be I'm with this you. engaged audience. You can tell already. Wow. Yes. <laughs> uh, so very fun. And you look beautiful. As always. Oh, Thank you. It's so early here. I'm just lucky to be upright here. <laughs> For me, it's the middle of the day. Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> um, Christina, we're excited that you're here with us. And we were just saying about how you are up to many things lately. You, are, you travel the world and go all kinds of places. I guess I'm, I'm wondering either where are you going next or where have you just come back from? Well, goodness, um, yeah, thank you so much for the introduction. And you two mean the world to me. You're amazing. You've both uh, been a gift to our this community that uh, Doreen was in before us and then me and then you. So it's great to be with you. And we always appreciate what Doreen has done for everyone and now Thank Shannon you. as well. Thank you. Uh, 
Yeah, that's true. And as far as me, so I've been doing, yes, a lot of speaking lately. I've done two in India, one for um, in Gujarat for the community of um, Maldharis who are pastorless people who keep camels and oh. the camel milk is becoming more in demand for the autistic children population and other people. And another one in India. And then I just, I've done one in Algeria. And then I just finished one in Pakistan for a dairy conference because they're trying to grow their dairy industry to benefit the vulnerables, as they say. And these are the pastorless people who keep their livestock and then also people like children with autism. And Pakistan has at least 400,000 people with autism, according to their survey. So um, it's a global issue, my friends. That's incredible. I don't know how you manage to do all this, honestly, because you are also, of course, a parent yourself and you just travel all over the world. It's incredible. I was just, before we got you on, I was just telling Shannon how amazed I am at all the stuff that you've done also in Saudi Arabia, where I'm very focused on trying to help them as well right now. Well, that's great. I did have a wonderful trip there um, last year and I was so um, fortunate to be invited for the camel issue. And then also I met some amazing people, including uh, Princess Samira Al Saud, and she runs a wonderful operation for children with autism. She also uh, helps people with uh, schizophrenia as well. She is public about her own children's challenges. She's an amazing woman. So um, I was really lucky to see some of the schools uh, meet a lot of the parents and do some lecturing there. And um, it's really always great to see um, countries starting to come forward to serve their populations with autism and related disorders. Um, and it's a, it's a global issue now. And, and again, I am struck, as you already know, Doreen, and you as well, Shannon, but I'm struck because repeatedly we see that families in the same, in, in the same situation want the same things. It doesn't matter yeah. where they're from, what their faith is, what their economic status is. We all want the same things for our children. And it's just a, a beautiful thing to be part of it. For people who don't know you and, and aren't familiar uh, with either of your books, but especially the, the first one, tell them a little bit about uh, how autism came to be a part of your life and maybe how you met Dr. Grand Pichet. Oh, my goodness. Well, um, this is definitely OG talk, right? We're the OGs now of this kind of thing. So um, I was uh, a new mom, and I was living in Orange County, California, and I just finished my graduate degree in writing. I already had a career in aerospace and uh, journalism and government and such. So um, anyway, I, uh, I, my son, I just finished graduate school and I was about to do my artistic endeavors and write my you know, novel, which I already had done, and, uh, but I didn't get it published yet. So then, um, boom, autism enters. And that's because of a uh, you know, child getting kicked out of school, preschool, and all those <clears throat> things we all go through. And uh, I was lucky some of the moms in my neighborhoods were real pioneers of this at the time. And they said, look, don't waste your time. Uh, get a lawyer and deal with the school district. I was like, what? What are you talking about? And um, then get uh, get card, get Doreen Grandpichet. Don't waste time. Do it. And so I did reach out and I, I met you, Doreen, back when you were uh, in the little blue building <clears> near <throat> the blue bay up in the valley. Yeah. And- and, you know, walking into that office, we, I was emotionally devastated at the time. I didn't know what to expect. You're filled with fear. And 
you know, meeting you, I was like, oh my, she looks so young. And I could say the same thing right now. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, you're, you're, you're afraid. You're like, can this person yeah. help me? Can this person help my child? What are we going to do? And so then I started running the full-on program in my home. Back then we had it in our home. And then we'd send the shadows to school when he was ready to go to preschool after six <clears> months <throat> of diet and and ABA, he was ready to go back to preschool and not get kicked out, even though he had an aide. But that's fine. This is the normal progression. You know, now it's a new way of parenting. <clears throat> so we just have to go with what our children need. And so then, you know, luckily by um, the age of five, my son passed a kindergarten readiness test undetected uh, by an expert with 30 years of experience. She didn't know he had autism and he was doing great. Uh, but then after that, I know I knew he still had weaknesses, and this is very common with our kids. And I had the idea that camel milk might help his autism symptoms because removing dairy and other things in the diet was very important, which I discuss in A Real Boy. As long as also I did ABA, discussing that book too, and Doreen's, you know, expertise. So then uh, I I flew in the camel milk from Bedouins in the desert. He got better overnight uh, from a serving of it, and it was just set me on this amazing journey. And now I write and lecture about it in the camel milk uh, helps children and adults with various disorders, not just autism around the world. We, uh, wow. Christina has invited, I know it's, it's, I, I keep saying somebody needs to make the movie of your life because it's got yeah. so many twists and turns. And uh, as Christina keeps inviting me and I really want to go, cause I so I sort of super love camels ever since I was a child. Okay. I thought the camels were really cool. They spit. I don't know why I think that's cool. <laughs> I, I don't ask me to explain it, but I've always loved camels and there's a, a dairy farm, a camel dairy farm, not far from here mm-hmm. um, that we keep saying we're going to go to, but we're going to do it. Christina, mm-hmm. I'm done talking about it. I want to go hug camels with you. Okay, listen, you've got, you've got camels more around you than you think. There's one in the valley. It's not a dairy, but it's, it's not that far from you. There's okay. another dairy, which is a couple hours north. But then there is the um, Oasis Camel Dairy, which is not that far from me. So let's, let's all go. I think it'll be a great show. And also um, one of the guys at um, the guy Oasis Camel Dairy, Gil Riegler, he started a, a thing for a while. He worked with camels to help uh, people with disabilities. And he talks amazingly about how it changes their lives. And so that's what my book, Camel Crazy, it has not only all this information about camel milk and autism and the risk factors for autism if you're expecting a baby and like all these kind of things about food, but it's a story. And I have some of these amazing people telling their stories in it. And uh, Gil Riegler at Oasis Camel Dairy is one of them. So they're very open to people with disabilities. And I think we would have an awesome time. So why not? Absolutely. And, you know, just listening to you, Christina, I I always um, tell people about your books because, as we were saying before you came on, you are such an amazing writer. I actually had not remembered that you studied journalism, but it's very obvious in your writing. Let me just say it's fantastic. But when I listen to you, you're also so incredibly eloquent that I feel like reading your books is not enough, like listening to you. And you should truly, not just about camel milk, but there are, you know, we should maybe have you more on the show and you should speak more because I think your journey is so important for parents. And of course, you know, you went through it very quickly here, but it was a different time. It was before there was health insurance, you know, and having to go through 
actually fighting your district. I mean, you did a lot of that as well. But because I learned that from right. her book that right. I was going to have to fight, she set me up for that. That I was like, oh, okay, let me put on you know some boots here and pull up the big girl pants and go and fight. Christina did. I have to too. You paved that way for me. Yeah. Well, thank you. We all have to help each other to to make it through and help these incredible children of ours um, identify their talents, what makes them happy, get them healthy in their diet and their biology. And that way, you know, it's our form of parenting. Yeah. And I've just, it's a very complex subject matter. Uh, so parents don't get discouraged. Believe me, I was not good in math back in the day in high school. And when I first um, looked at the ABA, um, like, kind of checklist and formula stuff. And then I looked at like these medical tests. I was in despair. Oh my, I can't do this. I can't do this. Now I'm writing medical, you know, journal articles. So what can yeah. I say? And I want you to know that we, a couple of years ago, we went down and filmed a whole series with her that we, it's called Autism and Beyond that we play uh, in between segments sometimes. Oh, that's I've with seen Christina. that, of course, of course. Um, uh, very beautifully shot. Uh, Samantha shot that for us and edited that. Uh, we love those. We weren't playing those interstitial pieces during the pandemic, but we've started putting them back into play. And she, Christina, talks about all different kinds of things, about yeah. what it feels like as a parent, some of the things that she went through. They're short, but they're they're really fabulous. And it was such a joy to be down there with you for a couple of days and shooting. But I agree with Dr. Grampiche. We should have you on more often. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you. I enjoy um, what we can all do together, and, and you guys are amazing. So um, it's just so interesting lately, too. I mean, now that um, I've kind of got a lot of a background in all this, I keep up with the science information. I keep up with the biology. And there's such an interplay between our environment and between um, developmental disabilities and autism and things like that. Nonetheless, there is a genetic factor, as we know. So it's always now there's a lot of science emerging on teasing out what what are the factors that go into autism? What are the subtypes? There's at least six subtypes now scientifically, but there are probably more. But then these are people. They are our loved ones. They're incredibly talented. Mm -hmm. They're just amazing. I enjoy them so much. And, um, you know, they're, you may not know. Now we're at the point in society you can have a person walking around you, being around you, a gorgeous young man like some of my son and his friends, and they will have gone through ABA. They will have gone through all this medical thing, and you won't know. Um, you will not yeah. have any idea. So it's so that true. is achieving our goal of getting them to do what they want to do. That's Absolutely right. right. Joanne says, if, if I don't go to the camel farm, that she's going to fly out and go with you. And she says <laughs> that uh, she wants to know, do you read your own audibles? And she says she, she really should. I don't even know what that means. What's oh, an audible? Audible are books on tape. Like Oh, oh okay. Audio books. Uh, are you doing your own, reading your own books then? You know, uh, the way publishing works is interesting. My publisher... Um, both uh, first, my first book was Penguin, and um, my second book is New World Library, fabulous company. Both of them have been great. So get this: the audible, the audio rights are available. They own them. So if somebody wants to, you know, purchase them, then I can read it, um, or somebody else can read it. Sometimes these companies audition actors and actresses to do these things to yeah. read books. But I do have a background of reading, like I did NPR for a while. And um, thank you for the compliment. That's all I can say. But, mm. um, yeah, I definitely enjoy doing – I've done a lot of radio. I love that. 
And uh, I just, um, I'm just happy to communicate with people. So thank you. That's amazing. So I have some questions. Yes, you go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm hogging the time. How is your son doing? Can you tell us how things are going now? Well, this is so funny. When you were talking about, let's try to find the kid's talents. Let's see what, what he or she responds to. Okay, I threw so much money, time, and agony in taking my son to lessons back in the day. Swimming lessons, sewing lessons, art mm-hmm. lessons, singing lessons. I mean, horse riding lessons. And I felt like most of them were uh, okay, but none of them seemed to really stick. And, I, and acting lessons, I'm like, oh my goodness, I just threw away so much money on lessons in my life. However, the good part is he used to fight me on singing lessons. He was so good, but he, and he wrote a song that was like publishable. It really still is amazing. I thought it was Cole Porter. And the teacher said, your son wrote that. And um, so now I just thought, oh, I thought, oh, I threw away so much money on lessons. Nothing worked. Guess what? He's in a band. He's the amazing. singer. They do music festivals. They make videos. Wow. Now he, make, he makes films with his friends that are amazing and hilarious. That's awesome. And, and, you know, um, he can still draw. He can sit somewhere, like if he's in a meeting or if he's, you know, in a situation, he can see a stranger and he takes a sketch pad. He does a a beautiful pencil. He's gifted with pencil and hands it to him after or, you know, just shows it to him. It's incredible. So don't despair, my friends. Something might stick eventually. (laughs) Sounds like all the lessons paid off. Yeah, it sounds like he's also very talented. Yeah, did not. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, though. Good for you. And Christina, what were your thoughts? You know, you're you're you've been in the field for a long time. I want to know what you thought when you heard this new prevalence of one in thirty-six. What was your initial reaction to that? Well, as you know, Doreen, uh, all of us parents that have been observing this for a while, we. We either look at it and say, well, I kind of feel like I know it was coming, but I'm still despairing that I see it. Yeah. Or we are, people just get so tired of it. They just walk away and be like, well, there's not much I can do. Um, So, but the thing is, you know, everybody has to talk about, is it this, is it that, is it that? Um, Scientifically speaking, they know that there are factors that contribute to an increase in um, autism, developmental disorders and ADHD. So, Assuming that, you know, some of these factors are increasing in various countries and all that, um, the increase is real. We know it is. There's not, there's never been facilities to serve this population. Yes, there's more, you know, uh, people that have never been identified that are being identified now, but that's very small. And, you know, people usually rule that out when they're doing these data sets. So what do I feel like it? It's just like, wow, um, it's not the direction I wanted to see things go in. It's not that we don't want people on the spectrum around because we love and adore them and they are wonderful and we love them in every way possible. It's that we don't want people to have have more challenges that limit their life and cause them biological pain when eating and and cause them to do things like, my son can't tolerate the smell of fish in a grocery store. He's going to leave or it's going to make him feel so ill. Um, He just, he's always been like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's limiting. It's a limitation. You don't want these things to happen to your children if they don't have to. So it's and it's also global. So I try to keep up with the rate. Whatever country I'm in, I, I do the research before I lecture or sometimes I lecture remotely. Like I didn't go to Algeria or a couple of places uh, this year. I've been kind of busy, but it's it's there. And um, all I can say is we know that it's going to impact society already. Army recruiting rates, the recruits are not as they don't have as many that are fit and ready for duty. Um, 
could affect your military. It's going to affect the funding already in England. Recently, there's a case where they actually are doing triage. There's all these people waiting for a long time, years to get uh, screened for autism. But now they've said, unless you're like in some kind of emergency distress, we won't even wow. Wow. be there. Wow. So it, it's going to squash the service because everybody knows it could bankrupt uh, the, com- the country or bankrupt services. So it's, yeah. it's depressing. It is. It is. And yesterday we talked a lot about this as well with various people on, on the shows. And I guess, you know, my, my initial emotion was very similar to yours and it was more focused on why. Why is this happening? And how much uh, you mentioned earlier uh, in this hour, uh, the whole concept of environmental factors. And um, at the end of my last show yesterday, there were a lot of questions coming up. People were asking, why is it increasing so much? Yeah. And I said, we would have a chance to talk about it. And maybe okay. next hour we'll talk a little bit more about yeah. it because it's really, we do need to pay attention to the elements in our environment. As you know, there is a genetic predisposition for a certain percentage of kids, but it is triggered by environmental factors. And to talk about those factors, I think is important, not just for the autism population, but also all chronic illnesses. And to look at kind of how, what are some things we can do in our environment to start reversing those things because it has increased so much. And as you said, it affects uh, countries and the economy in so many ways. And, you know, what's even worse, yesterday we were talking about the fact that after so many years, there are still very, very few adult services available and of course, you know, we are, the all of us sitting here, we're very blessed in that the children, most, many of the children get to a point where they're living with minimal or no support, right? But there are also uh, thousands of children who will require lifetime support. And as these numbers increase, more and more attention goes to the younger children who are just entering because there's sort of such a panic around that and trying to, to help them, help them, that we just never have the resources to help the adults on the spectrum. And that is just another part of it that's sad. Yes, it, it can be catastrophic. Well, it's tough. Um, and I do talk in Camel Crazy about the envir- some of the environmental factors, uh, proximity to power lines. Yes. Uh, proximity to traffic where there's a lot of uh, air pollution, uh, pesticides, yes. uh, and processed foods. Please avoid those. Yeah. Um, there's There are issues like that. And um, recently, I just got a new research article yesterday on um, a substance that's in the water um, in America in a certain part of it. So I'm going to be looking at that a little more closer, but they do tie it to the risk of autism. Yeah. But uh, you know, what can we say? And also group homes now, this is interesting and not in a good way. A lot of group homes now, when people are trying to place their older children in the group home, um, the group homes are turning away those with uh, challenging behaviors. Wow. So there's literally then no place for them to go. And they can still be, you know, and it's not their fault, yeah. these young adults, but, you know, they can uh, harm their parents. They can yeah. harm people when they lash out if they get very upset. So it's, yeah. it's dangerous. It is very dangerous. So Susie says she'd like to go to the Oasis with us as well. We're building a, uh, an outing. A tribe. Yeah, a Let's tribe, yes. A tribe. Mike wants you to know that his high school had a real boy in the library, and he says the book is excellent, wow. um, and that's pretty impressive praise. Uh, Serenikath wants to know what is the best source 
or form of camel milk to try in the U.S. Can you please suggest any U.S.-based local farms to be able to sign up? Absolutely. Thank you. And I love hearing that a real boy was in uh, the high school. That's great. Um, as far as the location and types of camel milk, uh, the book Camel Crazy that's out there, I think it's like $8 on Amazon right now. So that's cool. You can get it easily. I do. Yeah, there's the cover. Um, I do talk about not only how to use camel milk, there's a guide in the back, how to use it, what type do you need, how to prepare your child for it or yourself. And then I have a list of farms um, and uh, merchants uh, globally, not just in America. So um, I would say, you know, any camel milk is good milk. Um, some of the children need the unheated type, which you can get straight from a farm and our supply in America is very safe. And I talk about safety. Some of the children do fine with pasteurized. There's even powder. And now there's chocolate and soap and lotion wow. if you have sensitive kids. And um, so sometimes you can even make yogurt. People make yogurt out of it now. And mm. they're making ice cream in Pakistan. And there's a farm in America that he's always playing with ice cream. Um, he's our, one of our dear Amish friends who keep the camels. And um, so it's a humpback dairy in Missouri. And so he's loving playing with his ice cream. He's now got the largest herd in America. So, um, yeah, just go ahead and check out the book if you uh, if you want to do so. If you don't, you can look online and find some places and uh, dialogue with them. I'm so glad we had an opportunity to have you be a part of the podcast-a-thon because it wouldn't have felt like we had done something without you, Christina. I agree. <laughs> uh, so thank you so much. Uh, we want to encourage people to get both of your books. They're available in every uh, major bookseller, and you can get them on Amazon. And will you promise to let us know when, when you're doing something new? Because we'd love to have you back on a more regular basis. Well, thank you. I'm uh, you guys are always top of mind, and uh, yeah, let's let's dialogue about what else we can do. And it's funny if we do want to go to Oasis, probably we could talk about having an event with them. Let's oh, do it. Nice. All that's right, awesome. now Great. we're talking. Okay, cool. I we have uh, some uh, unicorn craft kits that I I need oh, right, to, to right. get to some people. So maybe we need to have. Camels and unicorns, yes. uh, a themed thing uh, so that we can do that. But Christina, thank, thank you, you Christina. so much for being available this morning. I know you got a lot of things going on, uh, but we are very grateful for you. Well, thank you. And I, I see a question there. Um, anybody can follow me on social media, ask me questions. I'm at uh, Christina Think on Twitter. I'm Christina Adams Author on Facebook. Christina Adams author on Instagram and uh, my website is Christina Adams author. So uh, let's dialogue and keep it all going. There you Thank go. you again, Thank Christina. You. Great to see you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, I was supposed to read the winners and then we're going to quickly transition yep. we'll do that. because uh, it's time for Ask Dr. Doreen the potty talk. Potty training. All oh, right. So, um, okay, these are winners of the $25 uh, Discovery Toys gift card for this hour. And these can be used in the Discovery Toy USA uh, website. I'm going to get you that information, but if I say your name, you need to send me back an email. Uh, we'll put my uh, email address on the screen and we'll put it in the chat. It's Shannon at autism-live.com. But are you ready? Uh, Serena Kath, you have won $25 gift certificate. Antonio Flores, Cindy Go uh, Govendor, Hannah Lenoid, Damian Hunt, Annette Milima, 
Tim Walferi, Naomi Uriel, Anna Donahue, and Taylor Jeffers. You have all won $25 gift cards. You need to email me as soon as possible. I expect to hear from me next Monday or Tuesday uh, that I will get those to you, and congratulations. We're going to take a quick pause, and then it's time for the potty training That's awesome. uh, uh, discussion, so uh, don't go anywhere. Don't forget, you can watch Ask Dr. Doreen live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific time. We hope to see you there. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.